Good morning, everyone. Let me just pray quickly. Lord, we just pray for this time. We've already had such a wonderful time, Lord, in your presence. And Father, I just pray that you will anoint this time, uh, that it will come from you, Lord, not from my, my lips necessarily. And Lord, that you will reach into our hearts and that you will just guide us continually as you always do love us and care for us and look after us. In Jesus' name, amen. So I just uh, felt uh, this morning, and uh, I just want to say thank you to, to Lighthouse, to the elders, to the leadership, to Bruce especially, and Myra, and the, the entire family of Lighthouse for, for just giving us an opportunity, myself and Sylvia this morning, to, to preach this morning and to give you the last word that we've got um, and hope to see you around. We're not really going away. We're, not, we're still part of a, an overall family. And this is not goodbye. This is just we'll see each other around. And I really want you to know that's from our heart. And if there are no, there are no issues, and it's, it's just going to be a pleasure to, especially on a morning like this, I mean, that worship was amazing. And thank you so much for, for you guys at the back over there that were in the band. I just... I, I don't normally get lifted up like that, but that was just amazing. The worship here is a tangible presence of God right now as we sit in this place. So I have to tread very lightly to make sure that I don't disturb what the Holy Spirit's been doing here this morning already. And uh, I think he's done a whole lot of stuff already. So uh, there's, there's just one little thing, uh, one word that I felt for each one of us uh, it's not about the money. I felt the Lord saying that to you this morning. It's not about the money. Don't look at the money. Just it's not about the money. And there is a new season coming. And it's not just a new season for myself and Sylvia, but there's a new season for each one. I feel a stirring here. A real stirring. And it's, it's, a, it's such a beautiful thing to see with you two McAlpine girls there as well, and growing up, and uh, I remember when we first got you, you were this size, you know? <laughs> and, um, and then Penny, uh, just, you, you said something to me the other day, and you said, you know, I don't know about this, the family and all that, but, you know, the family gets taken through stages of growth, and it's so lovely to see your family coming up the way you're coming up. And through a, an extended family and just this, this spreading out. And for each one of you guys that have got your family and your family might not be here this morning, but don't give up on your family. We've never given up on our family and we've seen our family coming through to the Lord, you know. Um, and we've got some new fresh girls that have just got married to our boys, you know, or about to get married to our boys. And there's, there's, they've come with issues, but they've also, one of the girls got saved the other day and uh, gave her life to the Lord. Yes. And we baptized her in our swimming pool. It was a bit cold, but <laughs> yeah, our DNA got baptized. And, um, and Angela, Angela, my other daughter, is taking her through a, a discipleship program. Uh, and they, they are really getting to grips with a whole lot of stuff. So I, I haven't got a, a name of this preach. All I wrote on the top of my thing was the Great Commission. So new season coming. And this is what I'm feeling for just all of us here this morning as well. So for each one of us, 
deep in your heart. This is what I'd like to give you as a message. So forget about yourselves and look to Jesus like you've been doing this morning. Not breaking down the doors, as somebody said that they remember what I told them once. Not breaking down the doors. Remember, it's not about the money. Not breaking down the doors. But treading our feet across vast new lands that God has got in store for us. Vast new lands. Big lands. I just see lots of lands getting opened from different countries. Lots of places. Not just Spain. Not just Clarkstorp. Not just America, but lots of vast new plains of lands that are going to get opened up. That are getting opened up and they're, get, they're getting broken down right now. Um, and for us to be, and you, to be an instrument in His hands. Whatever that means to each one of us. For each one of us being an instrument in His hands. It's not of your own doing, but it's God's doing. Because it is, it is all about the gospel of Jesus Christ the Son of God. We need to step out. That's one of the things I felt as well. Apart from, there was another part of this leaning into. Uh, somebody, uh, I just reson it resonated with me a lot, leaning into God, leading into Jesus, but stepping out and start to walk. Stepping out and start to walk. We were at, uh, 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 I almost said Keir Taylor, but we were with Henny Cater just a couple of weeks ago. And one of the, the things that Henny pointed out, and just that I also wanted to highlight for us, for all of you guys, is that sometimes, Henny said that sometimes there's a window of opportunity that God is opening for you. But that the window of opportunity doesn't always last. And you need to step through those windows of opportunity and not delay in stepping them through, no matter what your situation is. Because it's always, like what we said this morning, it's not by, it's, it's by our faith that we step into these windows of opportunities. So step out and walk. Don't try to be like somebody else. That was another thing that he told us. Don't try to be, don't try to be like me. Don't try to be like the person next to you. Try to work on working what God has got in store for each one of you. Whatever that means to you. And then, so we're on the road. There's a... And for my mind, we're on the road. We're all on the road. And I want to just uh, read Mark chapter 10, verse 32. And it's this. Now they were on the road, going up to Jerusalem. And Jesus was going before them. And I'm going, to go, I'm going slowly because I want these words to sink in. Jesus was going before them. They were, and they were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid. They were amazed, but as they followed, they were afraid. Pretty much the way I feel sometimes. As I follow him, I'm a, a little bit afraid. I'm also amazed. And they were on their way to Jerusalem. And he was going steadfastly. It says that his eyes, at one, in one of the scriptures, says that Jesus' eyes were fixed to go to Jerusalem. In other words, he was fixed on what he had to do. Then he took the 12 aside again. So that it wasn't just the 12 with him. There was a whole lot of other people trailing behind Jesus on his way, leading and going to Jerusalem. But then he took the 12 aside again. Again, 
It wasn't the first time they heard this. And he began to tell them the things that would happen to, not to them, but to him. Behold, we are going to up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles. And they will mock him and scourge him and spit on him and kill him. And on the third day, there's always good news, he will rise again. So they were amazed and they were afraid. And that's, that's often the way we feel. We feel afraid when we're going out onto anything. When we're going on that road and you're following after Jesus and you don't actually know what he's going to get up to. Jesus gets up to many things in our lives. And he challenges us by his Holy Spirit. And the thing is, I have to ask us all this morning, are you afraid and are you amazed? Because you can be amazed. You see, the disciples could have pulled out right there when they heard what Jesus had to say for them, to them. They, they, not one of them turned back. And of course, Peter, he said, I'll never turn back. And he was the guy that Jesus said, but you're going to turn back for a while. You see, God takes his time with every single one of us who are called his disciples. No matter what we're pretending to be or what we think we can do, but he's going to sort us out as, he, as we follow him amazed but also scared. There's nothing wrong in being scared. Scared actually gives you a little bit more footage because it keeps you on the right track. It doesn't make you proud, keeps you humble, and it makes you into the person that God wants you to be. And I'm looking at a lot of people here, and that's for you this morning. Then he took the 12 aside and told them the things that would happen to him. Okay, we've got that done. And then after God spoke to a lady, um, now I'm, I'm just, I'm changing the subject a little bit. There's a lady called Carol Ward, and God told her to go to northern Uganda and southern Sudan. It's like on the border of northern Uganda and southern Sudan. And just wanted to mention something. So this, this lady, she came from a, a missionary parents, and when she, she can only remember China, and she can also remember Malaysia. So those are the two places that her dad actually led forward, and in both areas there was danger, and all she remembered was danger, but all she remembered was that her dad was going to walk out, and he was going to pray every single day over what kind of vehicle they mistake, because sometimes the other vehicles were getting blown up. And then one day when she was studying, she'd studied to be a nurse in, in America, and then the Lord said to her, okay, you're ready now. And she felt that she had to go to northern Uganda and southern Sudan. And apart from everything else that happened, it was a very dangerous area. I remember you, uh, reading up about Uganda, and Idi Amin, was, he was heartless. He was, he was a terrible dictator. He killed his own people, so many of them in brutal deaths, and and it seemed like that thing was still lingering on in Uganda. So she headed out to Uganda, to the northern part, which was like a no-go area. And then number two, the Lord delivered her from fear. So while she was riding a vehicle going towards the north, she stopped this vehicle. She said, Lord, I can't go on 
if I'm going to be filled with this fear all the time. So God took that fear away from her. You see, they were scared. The disciples were scared, but they still carried on. And she was scared, but the Lord delivered her from fear because perfect fear is cast out by the Lord. Perfect, perfect love casts out all fear. Sorry. And so she started these prayer meetings in a little hut in the middle of a camp. And all she did was she put a little poster, she scribbled a little note, she said, prayer meetings here. And people started coming into her hut. That's how she started. And very shortly after that, the Lord led her to hire a whole field. It was actually a, a stadium, and she hired her to pray for the nation. And afterwards, the, the politicians were starting to come to this prayer meeting as well. And, and a general from, phoned her from the army, and he said, you know, I don't know what's happening, but this whole nation, it was gloomy. It was over, overridden by this dark cloud that was over it because there were some people, lots of people were getting killed and the Lord's army, it was called the Lord's army, of, made up of little kids, were getting, uh, they were getting used brutally to, to, actually, to actually really terrify the nation. So, they started praying, and this general had phoned and said, all of a sudden this gloomy thing has lifted over the nation, and he could, he could see that there was like a light step in the people. And because of, this, these prayer meetings, the nation started changing. The nation started changing. And, and pretty soon, the guy that was in, heading up the Lord's army, he, he fled the country. And there was no more power, and they were breaking evil things over that nation. And then they hired a stadium, and these prayer meetings carried on. Nobody was allowed to say where they were from. No, no politician was able to say his name even. She said, if you want to come here... Don't talk about, don't bring anything else into it. We're just praying to the Lord. So she was focused and fixed on Jesus. So then, and that's just a little excerpt from who she is and what she was doing. She was there, she was going to go and pray. So in Mark chapter 5, now, by the way, I want to leave you with one thought. So many of you guys and ladies, I'm encouraging you to read Mark the whole book of Mark, aloud, so that you can hear it. Mark is a, a racing kind of gospel. It's, it's one of the best gospels. It's just, there's no talk about Je the birth of Jesus even. It's just a racing gospel. And I'm encouraging guys, when you're having your quiet times, try this and try to read Mark. And if there's something beneficial that comes out when you, you're reading the gospel back to you. And especially a racy exciting gospel. So the, the Mark chapter 5, Jesus goes and he, and he heals a demoniac. And what happens is that they're in a boat and he gets off in the region of the Gerasenes. And I remember once at Lighthouse, we had somebody in the youth and there was this lady and Sylvia and, Sylvia and a whole lot of the elders. I think, Barry, you were also there. You were praying for this little girl there, right in the, in the courtyard. And uh, Sylvia made a mistake, and she put her hand close to the lady's mouth. And she almost had her finger bitten off when this, because this woman was demonizing. And, and it was just uh, they had to, that the, eventually the girl and, and Sylvia went 
to Sylvia's own practice, and there was another doctor there and came and sewed up Sylvia's finger. And, uh, and also looked after the girl, because that little girl was also, she was also struggling. And, uh, you know, this, this demoniac is something that is terrifying. The demon world is terrifying. And we know that we're going to face some of those things as we go out. So again, you, you are scared, but you have to go forward and you have to follow after Jesus because he's leading us through the front. He's, he's standing in the front of us. And then the, the, the guy that got delivered uh, in that area of the Gerasenes, it says that, let me come with you, Lord. And the Lord said, just you go back and you tell everybody what God has done for you. And then Jesus, it said, he climbed back. He was already in the boat. And he said, no, you're not coming. You've got to carry on. But Jesus was in the boat. He had the job done. Did you hear that? He had the job done. We need to get the job done. We don't need to celebrate who we're getting the job done with and how it's getting done, but we need to get the job done, and that is going out. Going out and not being afraid of darkness and not being afraid of anything that is of an, uh, an evil nature. So, the little girl, now this is all happening in Mark chapter 5. Huh? And there's a little girl that gets, shortly after that, there's a little girl that gets raised from the dead. And I'm mentioning these things because this is normal Christian walk. This is normal stuff that we've seen happening many times on the outside in little villages and things like that. So there's a little girl, she gets raised from the dead. Jesus uses the word Talitha Kum. And she gets restored. And just while he's on his way to, ra to raise, this girl gets raised from the dead. There's another woman that grabs hold of Jesus. And she just wants to touch the hem of his garment. And she gets healed with a blood, a blood problem that's been there for 20 years. And she, get, you know, she gets identified. Um, and she has to stand up and say, who, who touched me? And the disciples around, they think he's crazy because there's so many people all around Jesus. But he felt the power go out of him. And I saw this happen for myself once in a, in a church that we were in when I was about early 30s. And, and we just, we saw in the service that morning, a woman that came, she was actually the organist. There was an organ in those days. And we stopped the service before prayer like we did this morning. And we saw this lady, she came up, she had a very, her face was very made up, so she looked like a doll. But she, if she smiled, it, she never smiled, actually. She just looked like this organist, you know. And, and she came forward, and the, the poor pastor that morning, he'd been, he'd just come out of a hospital. And he had a back, pro, he had had his back worked on. And, he's, and I had said, look, the pastor will pray for you in the service. And he thought, ah, not this morning, you know. And... And this woman got off her stool at the organ, and she went forward, and she went to him, and she said, I need prayer. And she got immediately healed from this 20, 20 year that she'd been struggling with, with a blood disease that, was, that was, just wouldn't go away. And so she got healed that morning. So, you know, while this is all happening, you see there's this stuff happening all the time when we're walking with Jesus, afraid behind him. But sometimes Jesus just surprises us with these things. I've always found that when I've seen healings taking place, God has stepped into that room and He's surprised us. He's done it despite us, you know. So, chapter 6 in, in uh, Mark's gospel is, 
No, I'm not going there. Sorry, I just want to, I don't want to get off my track. I've actually prepared this this morning for the last two weeks. And I only got the last part done this morning. So, so again, in chapter 8, it's, a, it's the feeding of the 4,000. And Jesus is talking about that. And they go away in the boat. And as he's going away, now they've already had the, ch- the feeding of the 5,000 a little couple of chapters earlier. And Jesus is saying, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. And it was going to be the Pharisees that was going to get Jesus crucified. And they thought somebody's given them something about the bread. They didn't know what. And he said, because of your hard hearts. So Jesus goes to his own guys and he says, just watch your own hearts. And we've got to watch our own hearts. That That was the only thing that I wanted to say this morning. Watch, guard your hearts. If you want to go forward in the kingdom of God... The only thing, don't, you can be scared, but guard your heart. You can be scared. You can be terrified of going there. You don't know how you're going to do it. And that's often the time when God is going to use you the most. Because you're scared, but you don't know how you're going to do it. But just guard your hearts from anything else. And uh, on guarding our hearts. So Jesus was with these Pharisees that he didn't, that he, he always seemed to be quite ruthless with. And one of the things that Jesus spoke about, I can't remember exactly which chapter it is, and it's actually not in my notes over here, but I just want to highlight this this morning. There's, he spoke about three lost, co- three lost things, the lost coin, the lost son, and what else? The lost coin, the lost son, and the lost sheep. So those three, it's all about going after that lost sheep the 99 sheep that were, were okay, but there was one sheep that you had to go and get organized. You had to go, and he goes after the lost. And everywhere, and Jesus was, at that point of time, he was, he was, he was with, uh, they called them sinners, but they were, they were actually tax collectors that Jesus was sitting out with. And, um, and so they said, how can you sit with all these people? But Jesus was going after the lost. And that's all I wanted to, you know, what, what are we going to do now? Are we going after the lost? We don't have to go after the good people. We have to go after the lost. It doesn't matter where they come from. And that's what Jesus was after. He was after the lost. So then poor old Peter, when eventually in Mark chapter 8, Peter is asked, or the disciples are asked, and they say to, to them, who do you say that I am? And I want to ask you the same thing this morning. Who do you say, who do you say that Jesus is? Who do you say that Jesus is? You know, and Peter says, you're the son of God. And then after that, he's almost chased away because he says, get behind me, Satan, because he's, he's saying, you can't do this. You know, he's trying to, in his own strength, he's doing these things. Peter is always, he's up and he's down and he's, but the Lord is going to come back for Peter and he's going to use Peter despite all his ups and his downs. He's going to use Bruce in the same way in this church over here. Did you hear that? You must support Bruce. You must support your dad like you are, you know. And then the transfiguration comes after that. And again, Peter. <laughs> you know, I can actually imagine Bruce doing this and saying, Moses, let me just build something here for you. Let me build, I'm a builder, you know. Let me just build something here for you. Let me build something there in three tabernacles. Because they're, so, they're actually so terrified out of their wits 
that they don't know what to do, you know? And it's the transfiguration, and Jesus is transformed in front of them, and suddenly they, he's white, and you can't, I just can't imagine what that must have been like. But that was preparation for us. You see, we get, we get these things happening to us as well as, as people of the Lord, because God is going to strengthen you when you think, when there's a, th- a thing going ahead of you. If, you. if you're facing battles, God will strengthen you if you allow Him to. And if you repent, there's, there's all these same things that's made up. Uh, the gospel is made up of stuff that we cannot escape from. We cannot, we cannot run from the gospel. I ran all the way from my debts at one stage. And I found that I couldn't run anymore. But the moment that I got saved, I wasn't running anymore. So God stops us from being runners that are going away, but he makes us to follow Jesus, even although we get scared sometimes. So then, carries on in that same um, chapter 9, there's Brian, a blind Bartimaeus, he gets healed. Why am I saying all these things about all these things these, that, as we're going through <laughs> Mark? Because I want us to capture the heart of God. God's heart is that we, there's healings that take place, that there's blind get healed, that the dead are raised, that people get free, that people get delivered from demons. While the, all these things are on the go, and His people are following Him, so he's, he's revealing Himself and His plans and purposes to them. And then there's the Scripture. I've got a, one more Scripture, that are two, more, two actual Scriptures that I've got, and now I'm going to end this, this thing. Where are we? Are we, have I got, are we on time? Okay, just... <laughs> And this is for all of you lighthouse and for me. If you have run with men on foot and they have worn you out. If you've run with men on foot and they've worn you out. Like I've been worn out sometimes. And you've been worn out sometimes. How can you compete with horses? Jeremiah 12 verse 5. That's the commissioning for you guys this morning. I don't want you to ever forget that. If you've run with men on foot... And they have worn you out. How can you compete with horses? And then Revelation 3, verse 19 to 22. And this is quite, a, quite an important one. And then I want to give us a chance just to... We've had, everybody's been prayed for this morning. But if there's anybody else out there that you still feel you need prayer for, you're welcome after this scripture to come up again. Revelation 3, 19 to 22. I'm going to read it slowly. As many as I love, Jesus speaking, as many as I love, not as many as I don't love, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. As many as I want to see go places, I will still get You'll still be rebuked by him. Frank, you'll also get rebuked by him. Like sometimes we know from the past when Rosie didn't want to go out with you anymore. <laughs> that is quite a stern one. Eh? And, uh, and chasten. Chasten means, what, is it, what does chasten mean to you? It means that it gives you a strong disciplining. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Be zealous 
In other words, move forward and repent. It's, it's always like that. There's always that fine balance. Be zealous and repent. And he's doing it for our own good. He's not doing for it that so that you land up in hell one day. He's doing it for your good. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I stand at the door and knock. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, opens the door, I will come in and dine with him. I'll eat with him, in other words. I'll have a meal with him. And he with me. And you will be with me. You'll do the same. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. So to me, the overcoming part is that part that I spoke about now when Jesus was out on the way to Jerusalem. And there were people behind him. And they were scared. They were understanding that there was stuff that he was going to go through. They weren't too sure exactly. They couldn't believe what he was saying to them when he eventually told them, this and this is going to happen to you. And it's for every single one of us in this room. So he overcomes. So you've got to overcome this fear. You've, we spoke about fear this morning. You've got to be an overcomer of whatever God has got set out for you for the rest of your life. I will grant, Jesus says, I will grant you to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame. See, Jesus went through everything for us first. And it, he also overcomes. And he sits down with his Father who is on his throne. And we will be, as we will be overcomers. We will be pushing through and still following after Jesus so that you too can learn what it means to be an overcomer. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That's what all I've got for, for this morning. Um, I know that often that verse has been used by many pastors to say, well, you know, I'm knocking at the door. Is there anybody here? And quite honestly, I think, from what I can see, I think you all know Jesus. If there's anybody here that, that doesn't, I'd be very surprised. But I do believe that the Lord is calling each one of you at, to a, a, stern, a stern message, not from me, but from the Lord. Be an overcomer. Don't be scared. Step out of your comfort zones. And don't try to be somebody else. Be the person that Jesus wants you to be. And you're going to find that out. It's not going to be easy because sometimes you're going to find that he pulls some strings. And then you find that you, all you've got left is actually nobody else but Jesus. And all I'm asking for, for you this morning is that don't be scared. You're going to be an overcomer. And if there's anything that, that you feel that God that you need to repent of. You see, I, I believe that repentance is definitely one of the, the big issues of our time. People are too scared, they're too proud to repent. It doesn't have to be done in this meeting over here, but you've got to find somebody that you can trust, that, that you can repent to, that somebody that you, you know will not spread that around. And 
I know we've had, we've had a glorious time here in this worship. I just uh, thank you so much. You know, you just made my day with the worship because the worship ushers in the presence of God. And also all the prayers and uh, uh, Kimberly just praying for you, everybody here in the front. And I'm sure that we're going to see results out of that, that over there. So I want to encourage each one of you. I don't want to say much more, but just thank you so much, Lighthouse, for everything, for everything that you've done for Sylvia and I. It comes from the bottom of our hearts. There are no issues. Um, I'm going to just release you now. I, was, I did have a song, but it doesn't matter. We don't need it. Um, but thank you so much. Thank you, Frank. <laughs>